0: at life church everything that is given above and beyond the general fund giving goes to our greater initiative greater is broken down into three simple giving categories greater mission greater generation and greater expansion at life church we want to lead and empower a greater generation through ministry training schools campus ministries camp scholarships and life leadership college your support through greater is making a lasting impact together we are doing greater.
1: well welcome to life church I'm Aaron Cole the senior pastor it's great to see you today and hopefully you've had a wonderful wonderful day again I know I said this last week but I absolutely love weather like this I am so ready for college football kickoff next week and no and no one else okay sorry Stinks to be you. But anyhow, I'm excited about it and all that stuff's going on. Kids are going back to school. Thank God. It's over. It's over. We have overcome. Amen. That's good. And all the moms said? Oh, wow. That's good. Awesome! It's been that rough of a summer, huh? It has been hot. This is like the hottest summer on record. I still don't believe in global warming, but but and I hope that it gets hotter in Milwaukee because it'll make us a real nice destination. Amen. No snow, moderate mild winters. Yeah. Our, anyhow, I'm just teasing. But uh, anyhow, somebody went, oh no snow. There's always snow in Wisconsin. Amen. Everybody good? You had a good day? Good week? I'm just trying to make sure you're awake and everybody's good and that kind of a deal. I was kind of heavy last week moved spiritual warfare and devils and demons and book of revelation and literally scaled hell out of some of you people and got you saved and so we're back this week. And, and so anyhow, I want to just, first of all, this is going to be a little bit different of a service. Um, And the fact that we're going to be doing a couple things, you're going to kind of get to see some of what you have been a part of, what your kids have been a part of, what's going on. Uh, We're actually going to uh, interview some of the campus missionaries. Uh, our university campus missionary to uh, Madison and to UW Milwaukee and to UW Oshkosh and uh, and uh, they're they're going to be here to to kind of we're going to interact a little bit about what God's doing there. As you came in today, you saw in the the hub that there were all these different booths and so. Some of the the, the ministries that we're talking about today are actually represented there. So if you're interested, you're curious, you want more information, you can actually go out and interact with those missionaries and uh, talk to them, get their information. you got kids, grandkids. Nieces, nephews uh, that are going to any of these schools, we've got uh, university campuses, all, um, ministries all over in the state of Wisconsin. You can get connected, and it's just, again, it's just a good a faith community right there on that campus that's launching. And so we want to make you aware of that. Had somebody asked me last week who's been in church for eons of time and would know this, just said, I had no idea. And, uh, and I just said, well, that's why we're doing this, so that you can get connected with this information and with these people and also celebrate what God's doing. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to start right there in Psalm chapter 78. I'm just gonna read a couple of verses and unpack that for a minute, and we're just gonna kind of walk through this and kind of celebrate this. At the end of this, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to give, uh, not just uh, tithe and but 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 an offering, but also just for this greater uh, opportunity to be able to actually give something uh, towards some of these missionaries, these ministries. Everything that you give in that greater envelope that's on your seat or in the seat pocket in front of you will actually go towards those ministries. None of it stays here. There's no overhead cost. None of that. It just all goes there. And then we'll kind of conclude today. Uh, psalm chapter 78 talks about uh, it's, it's a psalm that was written by a guy named Asaph. And Asaph was one, David had three chief musicians, according to scripture. And he was one of those chief musicians. He wrote almost two dozen Psalms, chapters in the book of Psalms. Uh, he wrote uh, Psalm chapter 50, Psalm chapter 73 through 83, and just throughout. He writes this particular Psalm 78 that we're reading today. And it basically is kind of the history of the nation of Israel in a nutshell. Now, what's interesting is you're reading the Old Testament, and it kind of connects with us today, because you may go, why are we talking about Israeli history? How does that have any relevance to me? Because the family of God, the children of God, uh, was first instituted between the covenant relationship that God makes with Abraham. And Abraham is the father of the nation of Israel. And so God makes that with him. Jesus was Jew, And and he came not just to save the Jew, but also the Gentile, those who are not Jewish uh, descent. And so when he came, he opened the door so that those of us that were not Jewish could have a relationship with the Father... And we even see that Paul's actually called to the Gentiles. That's his calling is not to the Jew as Peter's was, but it's his calling to go to the Gentiles. And so according to the book of Galatians, you and I now as as Christ followers are part of the family of God. We are children of God. Like the nation of Israel uh, are biologically part of the family of God. They're the the children of God. You and I have been adopted, the Bible says, into that family. The, The word is used as grafted into the vine. We've been brought in. And so when you look at the history of Israel in the Old Testament, you look at God's relationship with the history, with the people of Israel in the Old Testament, it's an interaction. It's kind of a, uh, it lets us, clues us in on how God interacts with us, because we see it in a more fuller meaning in the New Testament with the church. And so, we're all connected to that. And so, all the promises, all the teaching, Old Testament and New Testament, are all profitable in our lives. So, this piece here, when Asaph is writing this history, he gives some special instruction. Let's Let's look at it right here. Psalm chapter 78 verse 4, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy we, deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders that he has done. He decreed statues for uh, Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation, which what we call the greater generation, would know them. Would know what? His commands and his teachings, his works and his attributes. Even the children not yet to be born, that they would, in turn, they would tell their children. Look at verse 7. That they would put their trust in God, would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. He starts this with, make sure you tell your kids this. Make sure your children know this. So moms and dads, your primary responsibility as a parent, according to scripture, is to teach and train your children. What? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 says that we're to teach them the commands of God. We're to teach them the word of God. We're to teach them the things of God so that as they grow old, they won't depart from it. Does that mean your kids are going to be perfect? No. Does that mean that it's always going to work out? No. What it does mean is that that's God's word. It won't return back void. And so regardless how far your kids go, they'll always come back to that point. They'll always come back to the teachings that they were taught. They'll never be able to get beyond that to a point that they just completely walk away from, but that they will keep or will come back to. There are two things, according to this passage, that we're supposed to teach the next generation. This is a responsibility not just for parents, but for all of us. As a church, this is a responsibility. As a pastor, not just the youth pastor or the kid's pastor or the early childhood director, but it is the pastor's responsibility, the church's responsibility— To teach the next generation. First of all, according to verse 4, the works of God. We're to talk about the works of God. What's God done? That's what scripture is all about. What's God doing? That's what we're all about. We're to talk about the works of God. Do you talk to your kids and connect the dots of, hey, we were praying for this and God supplied it this way. If you don't, then your religion is just religion. It's no relationship. And it's dead. Because at the end of the day, they just kind of go, well, that worked in the Bible. But it really doesn't work today. There's no living examples today. It's one of the reasons why we get kids on mission trips. And it's another reason why we get kids out and we get them involved and get them connected. Why? Because when an infinite God flows to a finite creature to touch another finite creature, purpose is always created. It's a byproduct. And so the, the thing is, is we're to teach them the works of God. We're also to teach them the Word of God. Verse 5. Why? Because the word of God will never return void. It will never come back empty. So we are to constantly teach and to declare this as parents, as a faith community, as pastors, as small group leaders, as youth sponsors, as kids workers, as just people in the church. That they should see this mirrored out in our lives. Uh, We do this so that they'll do three things. Right here it's in the passage. First of all, they'll put their trust in God. They'll put their trust in God. They may have to figure this out. They may have to walk it out. They may have a prodigal experience for a season. Not necessarily, but they may. That's just sometimes part of learning to trust in the Lord. But they'll put their trust in God. We do this so that they remember God. Listen, everything in our world, nothing is screaming about Jesus. Nobody's trying to promote Jesus. Nobody's talking about Jesus. We don't want to talk about it. We'll talk about everything. We'll talk about Muhammad and Krishna. We'll talk about But we won't talk about Jesus. So who should do that? We should. Constantly. I'm telling you, I, I, I triple-dog dare you, season your conversations with the name Jesus. Not just God, but Jesus. Because it, that's the only name under heaven by which man can be saved. So, so we're, we're helping them to remember God and connect those dots, and then also helping them to com- keep God's commands. If we really believe that God loves us and cares for us, it doesn't mean that we don't have sin or struggle. But what it does mean is this: is that we endeavor to do what He's asking us to do. So, I want to break how we do this at Life Church, as a corporate body. What are our, how do we flesh this out in two simple ways? First of all, what do we do at Life Church inside? What do we do here to raise up the next generation? Well, you need to know this. We have a huge commitment from 0 to 18, so from birth all the way through high school. We want to make it impossible for a child in this community or any community that we serve in to go to graduate high school without an adequate gospel witness, without a true, here's what Jesus did for you. This isn't about church. This isn't about religion. It's about relationship. And so we're fully committed. We staff around it. We budget around it. We put square footage around it. Uh, we, f- we build a facility around it. Um, you know, so if, if you try to price one of these playgrounds over here, they're not cheap at all. Uh, and I, I had to, like, they had to get me up off the ground when they told me what that was going to cost us because it was like, but, but and, and we glass encased that and we did all that uh, architecturally. Why? Because we want to scream to the world and to the community in which we live in, <laughs> we're about kids. I want church to be a place that kids cry when they leave. Does that make sense? Not cry when they have to go. Anybody? Mm -hmm. You've been to that church before. That's what we don't want. I want it to be a place that kids walk in because here's the deal: is there's a systematic theology that is taught to your children on an 18-month basis. That if they're that as they come up through early, le, early childhood and elementary, they're going to get a rotation of material the same way we teach uh, uh, education in a public or secular setting. It, it's it's the same methodology. We're teaching them so that they're biblically literate, so they understand biblical principles, so they understand the doctrine of God's word, and they understand it so that they can live it in life. But we want to shroud all of that. And church should be a fun place. It's about relationship. Jesus is about relationship. So this should be a place where we hang out. This should be a place where we intersect our lives. This should be a place where we do life together. And so we have a huge commitment. So from early childhood to elementary, and you just see when you drop your kids off, there's a whole gaming area and a rock climbing wall and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. What you don't always get to see, and if you're a parent, especially you're invited to go in, is there's a full worship set and there's a full teaching. And there's memory verses. And then there's a small group breakout time where where we're teaching and training that next generation. Because what I don't want is this. This is how I was raised. That children's church is what it was called back in the day. Take me back. All right, so in the 70s, holla, that's, that's when I was raised. It was children's church. And so that was fun, and there was a lot of candy, and I still love candy. And there was all of that. And then when I turned, when I got into junior high, I went to the adult service. I'm telling you, it was like, really? I have to do this for the rest of my life? I have to sit here on this hard pew for the rest of my life. You look at me like you've never thought that. You're lying. And you're in church. You're like, oh, dear God, maybe this is what i got to go through in order to get to heaven. we just got to grin and bear it. He's going to be done in a few minutes, kickoffs at noon. I mean, that's what you're thinking. And it didn't make any sense to me. And the only reprieve that you got was youth group on Wednesday night. And so the youth service on Wednesday night. But the Sunday service was not connected to anything the way it was connected with, and it just didn't make, and I said, no, 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 no. We're going to design church so that how we start them off in early childhood will be the same way that they will, it, it, it will mature as it goes along, but that the environments will be environments so that creatively the Word of God can be taught in such a way. The best way for your kids to learn is not in a weekend service. Amen. The best place for your kids to learn is in early childhood and in elementary. Why? Because those environments have been created. They've been thought about. There's an entire plan that's put together so that they learn it, that they get it, and that what they don't do is that they don't come to church and go, it's boring. And I don't know how preachers do this and pastors do this. They can take the most incredible book ever written, the Bible, and make it boring and dumb it down. I have no clue. But but my job then is as they come into middle school and into high school, we're PG 13 in this room. So if I ever say something that's like, whoa, just remember that, right? I'm not gonna say any words right now, but later. So so the deal is is that's kind of where yeah. Whew, so that's kind of where we are. And and so what I want to do is serve up the bread of life hot and fresh to build the believer and serve the seeker every single weekend. That's how we do it. But it's with those environments in, in mind. On Wednesday night, the major thing that we do midweek is youth facilities, youth, is youth, It's trying to create that so, that so that students learn how to take what the Word of God and apply it into their lives. Now, there's a lot of things we do and a lot of things that we teach, but one thing I just want to highlight because the time is camp. One of the greatest things that we do is get your kids for a week, you give them to us. Some of you drop them off on like Saturday night before Monday, but you give them to us and we take them. And so I want you to check out this quick video about camp and what God's doing right now at Life Church with your kids through camp. Check this out.
2: Every year, our elementary age students, along with our high school and middle school age students, have the opportunity to go to Spencer Lake Bible Camp. This past two years, I've actually joined them with going to camp, and there's something about getting away, getting rid of your phones, hanging out with your friends, and focusing on God that allows them to go deeper than they ever could back home and so I've been able to see God do some amazing things in a short amount of time in the lives of your students. Our elementary age kids just got back from camp a couple of weeks ago and we caught up with Harmon, one of the kids who went on the trip as he shared some of his experiences from camp. At camp we had lots of fun because there was a lot of team games. They gave out lots of candy and at the end our team, the blue team, won at service. We had lots of fun because they also gave out lots of candy there. There was lots of worship. A lot of people got saved. They also had a thing called scripture memory. You had to memorize some scripture, and I got I got all 24 of them. About a month ago, I had the opportunity of leading our youth at Summer Camp. This year at Summer Camp, we brought the most students that we've ever brought here at Life Church and more students than any church did period. God did some amazing things here at summer camp. Let's hear from Kate, who went to camp for the first time as she shares her experiences.
3: This was my first year camp and it was better than I ever could have imagined. It was awesome to just get closer to my friends and have those friendships blossom. The games were super awesome and to top it off, our team, the blue team, took home the week-long competition with the big win. I really enjoyed the services and it was just awesome to get away for a week and chase after God. I absolutely loved the worship and I can't wait to go back next year.
2: Summer camp is a great way to facilitate life change in a young person's life. Not only are they making lifelong memories, but they're growing in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Our youth are already talking about next year and they're excited to get back.
1: Some of why we bring that up is because many of you gave resources to greater that actually provided scholarships for students that would not be able to afford to go to camp and made that possible. And that's probably one of the heights of just spiritual life change that happens. Plus, as you heard from Harmon, he twice, he got a lot of candy. So he liked that. Amen, my kind of kid. I want to talk to you about just, so as a student graduates high school, uh, we, we we invest um, resources into what we call Life Leadership College. Now, I know that that there are a lot of colleges and universities. We're going to have uh, Chi Alpha pastors and campus pastors up here in just a minute that are ministering to your students that are at a, at a secondary university campus here in the UW system in the state of Wisconsin. But... One of the things that we do is as students that are saying, hey, I feel called into vo- full-time vocational ministry uh, as an option for them is to create this. We created uh, over five years ago um, Life Leadership College. And so Life Leadership College, the students are coming in. They're getting a fully accredited degree. It's a distance education where we're a satellite location for Southwestern uh, University out of Waxahatchee, which is part of the, the, day, the greater Dallas Metroplex. In Dallas, Texas, and so uh, it's a campus there, about four or five thousand students, all training to be in full-time vocational ministry, and so we're one of those locations here. And so we we created that as a church because of the fact that when you look at what it costs for a kid to go to Bible college, and, and I'm huge on on education, and um, and so the thing is, is that what it costs for them to be able to go to school uh, is somewhere around one hundred to one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Uh, for a four-year degree. When I graduated with my undergrad in 1994, um, it, it was uh, $30,000 room and board everything for, for, for Bible college, fully accredited, blah, 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 blah. That same education is $125,000 now. The inequity with that, with student loans and so forth and so on, for a student to graduate and have tens of thousands of dollars worth of overhead and debt uh, to take a $35,000 youth pastor job, that's pretty much the reality in ministry. I know we all do this for the money. And so to do all of that, it just doesn't make any sense. And so we stepped in and said, how can we mitigate this? How can we create this? And how can, what can we do to help this? And help our students that are here that feel called uh, to do that. And so they come through uh, Life Leadership College, get a full four-year degree, walk the line with students that are at the brick and mortar uh, that paid $125,000 for their degree. These students here are pay- paying right under $50,000 for all the experiences that they're going to have, including their mission trips and the other uh, events and things that they're doing, as as well as what they're doing here, and then trying to get those students. So we had kids in in, uh, three different continents this summer, and uh, we had students that were on the East Coast, West Coast, and and here in the Upper Midwest, and just trying to facilitate that. And so that's a part of of what we do. And so I want you to check this video, because this is a part of what we do as a church. We don't spend a lot of time talking about it, but this is part of our commitment to the greater generation. Check this out.
0: Imagine a program that equips students with a four-year degree from an accredited Bible university that gives them hands-on training and experience at a local growing church and places them immediately upon graduation in a full-time ministry position and does all of this at just a fraction of the cost. That is exactly what Life Leadership College is all about. LLC exists to train the next generation of kingdom builders with a passion for God, teachability, and a servant's heart. Alicia Rye is one of those students who just recently graduated from LLC, and she's already fulfilling her God-given purpose by serving here at Life Church in the missions department. Listen to her as she shares her story of how her journey through LLC prepared her to do greater things for the kingdom of God. When I started LLC, I quickly realized that I was getting much more than just a degree. We were getting hands-on ministry training and we were being mentored by Pastor Aaron and the staff and we got to see how all the different departments work, such as kids ministry, youth ministry, and even what goes into planning a weekend church service. I spent about a year and a half working in the missions department and it was during this time that my eyes were opened as to what it takes to connect the local church to the mission field. I became inspired to be a part of what Life Church is doing around the corner and around the world. I'm so thankful for LLC for not only providing this opportunity, but for developing me and preparing me for my future in ministry. So our number one goal is to place students into ministry as soon as they graduate. And the best way to do that is not only to get the education portion, but also to get the hands-on training and experience that comes with a program like Life Leadership College.
1: So we've been talking about what we do inside. I want to now shift gears and talk about what we do outside the church to affect the greater generation. The next generation ministries that you support, that you're giving to greater supports, and just kind of highlight this. Uh, One is One Hope 27, which Kevin and Shiran Gineer lead this ministry. And there's 2,000 kids approximately right now tonight that are in the foster care system in Milwaukee alone. And uh, so what we do is we come along financially, and 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 there's other projects that we work with One Hope 27 in order to uh, help them as they connect with local churches uh, to basically be foster parents and 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 to help the foster care system. And they do they do uh, support the families here in foster care, mentoring children that are in foster care. Uh, there are bags uh, that are actually put together for kids because when they're placed, if you know anything about foster care, and Tammy and I have. we foster to adopt in in, in Milwaukee, Um, those kids, they come to you with not much. And you get them with not much. Um, When when we adopted our daughters, uh, I'll never forget the day they came in and their clothes were in trash bags. And it was all I could do not to just lose it. And um, I just smiled and brought them in and we quickly moved that out of the way and made sure that they were taken care of in a way that wasn't, they didn't lack dig- dignity. And uh, that's what One Hope 27 does. It comes along with moms and dads and, and families and helps enable them to do that. You want to change Milwaukee? Either support parents and families that are in foster care that are working with foster care or foster yourself, whether you adopt or not. You want to change Milwaukee? Minister to these families and to these kids. That's what will change it. And, 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 and so that's one of the reasons why we are so a part of this incredible ministry. They have a booth that's in the foyer. I encourage you to get connected, but to, but to hear and see that. Another ministry that we support, which is more of an international, is Feed One, which is connected with Convoy of Hope. Feed One feeds over 100,000 children every single day in 10 different countries, and, uh, and it's there to minister to those children. And so when you're giving, you're giving to literally help feed thousands of kids that we support, that you support, that we work together to actually minister to and to make sure that they are getting a good meal and a healthy meal. And it's all given, that compassion is given with the gospel. Uh, actually, on September the 10th is an event that we've been promoting. We're going to continue to promote. I hope you'll join me and my family and the staff. We're all going to be there Saturday at the farm. It's just going to be It's here and just in... Uh, uh, right outside of Hartford, uh, and uh, we're going to be going there, and there's a huge pig roast. Again, we're going to feed you. Amen? And uh, and so we're going to be doing all of that, and hay rides for the kids, and inflatables. Uh, there's a, one, a local radio station that's doing a live remote for the whole event, and all the proceeds are going to Feed One, to Convoy of Hope, to help minister to, to, to programs just like this. And so just you bringing your family out for a Saturday afternoon in the fall will actually help facilitate that. If you're interested, you want more information, stop by the Resource Center as you leave today. Uh, in an in, in, in international context, Calcutta Mercy Ministries, Holda Buntain, who's been on this platform, she was the speaker the day that we opened the church, this building, and we gave everything that came in the offering that day. If you were there that day, you didn't forget her testimony and, 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 and what God's doing. 25,000 children a day are being fed just from there. I've been there, I've preached at the church, I've been to the schools, I've been to the remote villages, I've been in these situations, I've walked, I've talked, I've been to the hospital, all of that several times. My wife's been there and, and, and worked there, worked in the red light district and with the brothels and trying to help these women. And, 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 and this is what we do. And so, But this is about the next generation. And I'm telling you, I, I wish everybody could go with me on, a, on an experience and a journey like that. Because it doesn't matter where in the world you go. When you just see that, the Bible says when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And what I want you to know is that you're doing that to the least of these as you give, and as you're supporting, as you're praying. Cambodia. Alas, about a year ago, I was in Cambodia along with a couple of other uh, countries there in Southeast Asia and uh, was just overwhelmed as we got into a boat and we went to this school. These were pictures that were actually taken. And these children are actually, the parents will send them in these little boats down the river and it's nasty and it smells and it's just I mean, I'm literally covering my mouth uh, because I just don't want any of the water to get in. It, it's that, and they're just playing in it, and do, and, and they live along the river. Basically, uh, they were they were ousted. It was the slums, and they were ousted, and the only place they could go was they figured out how to do uh, basically housing on their floating, and like a barge type of a deal, and that's where the poor live, and there was no education. There was no sanitary. There was nothing. Uh, The missionaries that we support and the ministry and the organization of priority one that goes in, that makes this a priority, goes in, and this is one of the classes. And the kids are taught, educated. uh, you know, all the basic subjects, but as well as the gospel. And then those children are also fed every single day. And then they get back in those boats. Little bitty kids. I remember seeing these kids thinking, these are the size of the Coggins kids. I mean, little bitty kids. And they're all screwing around, and they're just floating on down the way. And I'm just thinking like, dear God, I'm a grown man, and, and I don't even want to be in this water. And they're just, it's, this is their world. And so, as you give, that goes towards that. They did something that, that I, I committed us to doing. Imagine that. Uh, it's $10,000 to supply what they call Christmas for all the kids. They don't get anything. And so, we this year are going to be giving thousands of dollars towards that. It's three bucks per every little bag, and it's a doll for a girl and a truck for a boy, and there's some other little things that they get. That's the only way. And that's one of the ways in which they introduce Jesus is this whole idea of the gift and all of this. And the parents show up and are just overwhelmed. And again, in this heavily Buddhist uh, culture, uh, Jesus is just penetrating because of the love and the compassion of you and churches like you. Uh, so, so that's some things. Closer to home uh, is, is a ministry called Youth Alive. And there's, there's a, a booth out in the four year Dan Herod is the Youth Alive director for the state of Wisconsin. And these are school assemblies that go into public high schools and junior highs in the state of Wisconsin. They just ministered uh, to their to their hundred thousandth student, and uh, yeah, here just in Wisconsin. And so they go into schools and they present the gospel in a way in which they're allowed to, and then come and then do a night rally at night in a local church in the area, and just. I encourage you, if you have a few minutes, talk to Dan. Hear what God's doing. It is amazing. He will spend his entire days, entire week working, planning, developing uh, with, with school districts and with youth pastors all over the state and then bringing speakers in and going in and doing these these rallies and these school assembly programs is what they are. And then the kids will come back at night and the amazing stories of students that were going to commit suicide and things were going to happen. And just, just I don't even have time to go into all of it. It. Amazing! That's on public, high school and junior high campuses in this state. The gospel's being promoted, and then so so again, it's just another thing. Uh, two other things that we do as far as colleges is um, Evangel University and uh, is is uh, is a liberal arts. Uh, Christian college university that we support, and I think this is important because there are times where people want to become accountants and they want to be, uh, they they, they want to do a job that that will require an education. And so, where do I send my kids? This is a great place. There's several uh, evangelical college grads uh, that are here at Life Church, and um, and so that's that that's one of the schools in which we support. In order to understand that not every kid's going to go into vocational ministry, they're going go to marketplace ministry. We want to financially get around and support what's going on there. And then also North Point College, which is located in Boston, and uh, President Dr. David Arnett, who was the pastor at Evangelical Assembly of God on Good Hope Road, who had the idea to plant this church. And so I always credit him with kind of being the founder of that in in, in that sense. Uh, He's the president of North Point. And uh, I had the opportunity to serve on the North Point Board, and it's an amazing school that's, that's taking place right there in Haverhill, just north of Boston, and uh, what God's doing and how God's blessing. And so, again, we're just trying to connect with these organizations. Now, I'm going to spend the last several minutes that we have uh, and, uh, with talking about Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha is the name for the college campus ministry on our university campuses here in the state of Wisconsin. So I'm going to have three of our campus pastors, Josh Ernst and Levi Kustra and Jeff Winkleman, to come up. Guys, will you come up? Will you give them a big hand as they come up? Come on up, guys. How you doing? Nice shirt, man. Nice shirt. Jeff, how you doing, bro? How you doing, Josh? So... Why don't you guys just, uh, uh, Josh has is, is been at UW uh, Oshkosh and now is kind of overseeing the entire state. Uh, and uh, Levi, you, you're you launching right now at University of Wisconsin-Madison. Yep. And you're already running 5,000, I heard. You have started. Oh, oh, yeah. And, uh, and then Jeff... Uh, you're you're at UWM, so UW University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and uh, so I want you guys just to talk and tell me what's God doing. Josh will start kind of what what's God doing. Where where do we have campuses uh, and uh, ministries in the state, and uh, what's He doing, and then what's happening personally with you guys?
3: Sure. So I'm super excited to have a chance to sh- share with you guys here at Life Church and say thank you. Uh, This church has been supporting our campus ministry at UW-Oshkosh for the last nine years since we started. And God has done radical things on our campus. We've seen hundreds of students come to Jesus. Over 125 students baptized in water right in the university pool, filled with the Holy Spirit as well. God's done radical things. We've seen... 20-plus couples meet and marry from our Chi Alpha group in the last eight years. They have kids. They're serving in, in the church and in the community. And we have other students who are going on to do missions around the world. Uh, even a couple that are raising support to go to Greece right now. Um, so God has been... Phenomenal. Not only that, but one of the students that you helped us reach has also now felt called into Chi Alpha as a full time career, Rachel Yokers, and she just recently finished raising her budget and is now transitioning to take over the role as director at UW Oshkosh for the next generation, allowing us to step out of that role to oversee Chi Alpha for the district. And so we're excited to let you know that Chi Alpha, which has only been on a couple of campuses in the last 10 years, is now gaining such a massive momentum and and planting on multiple universities we're having four we have two new ones that are launching this year four new ones that are launching on UW campuses next fall and so we're gonna have eight campuses where Kyle Fick exists by next September wow. and God is on the move to really grow and expand this That's ministry awesome. to our university students That's awesome. Amen. Amen. these are two of our new guys Planting and launching
4: on new so, campuses. So, Levi,
1: tell me what's happening at, at UW-Madison.
4: Yeah, Madtown, Madison. It's been, it's been a wild ride, uh, my wife and our two boys. We moved there in January, and we've just been meeting with any and every student we could get a name of. And so we've been able to have about 50 to 60 students over to our house already, and uh, and, and to re- essentially launch Chi Alpha in two weeks. We're having our very first service and it, the, the, this week we have returning students that are trickling in, this upcoming week all the freshmen come in, uh, two weeks classes start and, and just daily, we're getting, I'm getting texts from random numbers and just, say, hey, how do I get involved? We're, we're getting contacts from fifth year seniors and, and incoming freshmen and everybody in between and, and so it's, it's one thing when you're working hard and you see uh, yourself working hard but then you see what God's doing and, and you see the stories that he's writing and it's just been incredible.
1: That's awesome. Jeff, talk to us about what's happening in UW-Milwaukee.
5: Yeah, so my wife and I, Catherine, um, just moved, actually, four weeks ago. Um, We were doing Chi Alpha in Minnesota, um, so we came home to the promised land. Um, That's good. We'll forgive you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we are just now kind of learning the campus. Uh, We want to understand the culture um, what students are going through, understand their pains, their hurts. Um, So students move in on Wednesday, um, so we're getting to finally get to meet some of those students. We've already met a couple here and there and um, started to connect with a couple, but um, we're in the process. We're about a year behind Levi and Morgan, and uh, next fall we'll be pioneering our service. Yeah, right, right, right. exactly. So
1: something that was, you and I had a conversation back in the spring, Jeff, and you you were raised in a local church at Stevens Point, if I remember, in that area, and you went to UW-Milwaukee and had an experience that really kind of has shaped your calling. Can you just maybe kind of tell just a bit of that?
5: Yeah. So right out of high school, I went to UW-Milwaukee to study architecture. Um, And that was uh, such a God-given opportunity for me. I ran cross-country there. got a full tuition scholarship. It was incredible. Um, And I felt like God had ordained it, right? And uh, the wheels kind of fell off. Everything fell apart. And I was all of a sudden the Christian kid who was really shy living in – the most stereotypical college life, you know, with all the partying and sex and all that stuff around. Um, just crazy. And uh, because I didn't want to get involved, I became really isolated and alone and broken. And I went through some of the hardest of the year and a half of my life until I basically got, gave up and was angry at God. And he said, actually, I want you to be a, a missionary. And he called me to be a pastor. And it wasn't until about two years later that I realized I started to connect the dots. That was why he brought me to Milwaukee, was to see the need. Yeah. and see what students are really experiencing. Because there's so much hurt and brokenness and depression is just off the charts. Um, it is ridiculous. Our last campus we were at, if I could share this. Sure. One out of three of the freshmen living on campus were on psychotropic medications for depression and anxiety. One out of three. Uh, wow. So there's a real brokenness that students are experiencing. And uh, without the gospel, there's just nothing that really satisfies that. So.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Josh, talk to us a little bit about just overall... With uh, with Campus Ministries, what is Chi Alpha kind of like? What's the mission? What's the purpose? What are you guys doing on these university campuses? Sir?
3: So Chi Alpha is all about reconciling students to Christ, so that they can transform the university, the marketplace, and the entire world. And so uh, a lot of our students, when they get to college, even our students who've grown up in, in terrific churches like this, they're faced with situations that uh, Jeff was talking about, and they're just not ready and prepared. And when you're you know, combating uh, just incredible loneliness and this overwhelming desire to belong and to fit in, and then you have uh, professors and and different people in authority who are constantly pushing secular humanism uh, it's It's not surprising that a vast majority of students. Christian youth group attending students, when they get to college, are walking away from their faith. Statistics are all over, but it's, it's generally about, about 70 to 75% of our students, youth group students... When they get to public university are walking away from their faith and so chi alpha is so vital because we provide a missional outreach an arm from the local church into the college campus to create a community that exists right there on the university to protect the investment that churches have made into the lives of their young people to reach the lost students who've never heard the gospel who have never had a relationship with them to begin with and these guys are our future leaders they're going to change the world you know that I mean, the founder of Facebook, you know, he created Facebook, 24 years old, out of his dorm room. I mean, these people are going to change the world. They're doctors, lawyers, teachers, artists, engineers. They're everything. And if they can be changed by the gospel, discipled, and sent out into their marketplace to live as Christ followers and disciple makers, they're going to change the world. But not only that, we have over a million international students from every country in the world that are studying right now on our campuses. There's over 8,000 international students at UW-Madison. Wow. And if we can reach these students where we have all the freedom in the world to tell people about Jesus, we don't have to be afraid of anything. We don't have to learn the language. We don't have to learn the culture because they're here and we have every right to share the gospel with them. And walk Watch them grow in discipleship and then go back to their home country. We're not going to have to raise support or do anything. They're just going to go home. And they're going to live for Christ around the world and share what Jesus has done for them in their spheres of influence. And they're they're, they're going to rule the world. These, these students are, are not just nobodies. They're the best of the best. I mean, sons and daughters of dictators and kings and princes and world political leaders that are sending their kids to college in Madison and Milwaukee. And when they find Jesus, they're going to go home and, and change their country from the top down. It's it's a radical opportunity. It's so strategic, and we're thrilled to see our influence expand on multiple campuses around our state. That's so It's awesome,
1: cool. It makes sure you want to leave and go be a campus pastor. Well, we have a campus for you. So.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Levi, I want to ask you and, and Jeff real quick, and then we'll, we'll kind of close this out. But, but tell me what you're praying for. What, do you, what are you – believe as you come into – both of you guys are starting on these campuses. What's like the, the crazy, audacious prayer that you're believing God for this fall, this year? What, what are you wanting to see?
4: Yeah, we're, we've been uh, really praying since day one, since we moved there. We felt like if – what would happen if we were able in year one to see 100 kids be part of Chi Alpha? Uh, A story like that's never really been done or or heard of. And in a city like that, that carries such a reputation for being the party school, for being the atheist school, I mean, what if God just did, that's our God-sized dream, just a hundred students, what would that look like? And so we've been chasing that pretty tenaciously. Awesome.
5: Yeah, for us, I mean, first, being fully funded so we can do this full-time for the longevity is great. Um, But we really have a heart for... um, there's a couple, in particular, cultures on, on campus. One is the LGBTQ community um, is really predominant um, at UWM. And we really want to build a relationship with them, show that we're not the enemy, um, and that uh, we really care about them, um, and see that blossom into a relationship where Jesus can really penetrate into their lives and uh, bring hope cool. to that culture and that community, because it's hurting, too. Awesome.
1: Well, I'm going to pray for you guys, and, uh, and then I'm going to let you jet so you can get out to your booths, and we're going to close everything out. But would you, would you join me in prayer? Father, I just thank you, Lord, for, for these, these men, for their wives, their families, God, who have given of themselves, uh, sacrificed um, a lot to do what they're doing, and, uh, and Lord, who have been faithful uh, as, as the Winklemans and the Kustras launched this fall Uh, and I know they've been serving in these areas and out of state, but as they launch here this fall and they begin, Lord, I just pray that you would give them strength. God, you would open doors. You'd give them favor, Lord. I pray that you would just bring people, Lord, across their paths, and God, just crown their efforts with success. And I pray, Lord, help them as they navigate the culture, help them as they navigate obstacles. Lord, we know that the the weapons that we're using, God, are, are not carnal, God, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And that's what your word says. And so, God, I pray as they go into these areas that are not always going to be friendly to their message and are actually going to be hostile in a lot of ways, that, God, you would just give them incredible favor, open doors. God, I pray, God, that, 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 that they would find favor, Lord, with, with these communities, Lord, such as the LGBTQ community there at the UWM campus, Lord, that you would just help them. God, that you would just help them, Lord, to be able to show the love of God and to be able to minister. Lord, to especially just people, groups that sometimes are just very, God, they're hurting and they're just it's complicated and it's messy. But, Lord, I just pray that you would help the, the love of Jesus just to flow. I pray, Lord, as the Coosters, Lord, are believing for 100 students this fall. I just pray, God, that you would crown that effort with success, that you would bless them and that you would use them. And, Lord, I pray, God, for, for church students. Uh, that are parents that are sending their kids to these incredible institutions God these incredible colleges and universities in our state that you would help Lord these guys and gals and, and, and the whole state, Lord, to be able to minister Lord, to students that are coming that kids are not lost, that they're not by themselves that they don't feel alone or, or they don't feel, God, that they have to give in to these pressures but Lord, that you would just give them strength yes. I just pray, God, your blessings be upon them bless Josh, Lord, as he continues to raise up a whole other group of, of, of campus pastors that are going to lead, these missionaries that are going to lead God, uh, the next fall and, and thereafter, and I just pray God, that your blessings would be, Lord upon them, I pray you bless us as a church, that we would continue, Lord, to be able to hold their hands up. And God, is there the hands and feet, Lord, that we will be the ones that will help send them to do what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you give these guys a big hand?